Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, we're getting to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's kind of a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys find the podcast on YouTube or anywhere else you can get your podcast. And we're just so thankful you guys are here, you found us, and that you are with us today. All right, <laughs> this is going to be another one, man. This is going to be another one of those where I just, I'm so excited that I don't even know where to start because it's it's, it's that good, as they all as they all are. But this one just, it hit a little bit different for me. And I hope that this can help you and encourage you and not only see a, a beauty in the love of God for you, but also see what you're capable of too. And, and you'll understand what I mean as we as we continue to move forward. So here's where here's where we want to start with this. Here's where we want to start. So as we talk about the love of God, I think sometimes that word love today, I think it's it's very diluted. And here's what I mean by diluted. I think we've boiled down love to be simple things like this. Now, there's nothing wrong individually with these things, but I think we've boiled love down to these things alone. Well, I have something in common with said person. So therefore, that's that's a love connection. Or I have a good time with said person. So therefore, that is a that is a real love connection. Or I am so physically attracted to said person, so therefore, that is a real love connection. Now, like we said before, there's nothing inherently wrong with any of those things. But that's not love in general, right? That's not what it is. And, and what we want to do, we want to we take the time. And when's the last time, to be real, when's the last time, and it doesn't even... This didn't even have to happen to you, but maybe literally in a movie or in a book or hearing an older couple. When is the last time you heard, and if you're being honest, when's the last time you heard, I just wanted to get to know his heart. I just wanted to get to know her heart. When's the last time you heard that? It's, it's interesting we don't talk about that as much because we boil love down to these other other things. And we're saying we're staying on the surface so much that I I believe for myself personally and maybe just for you there is another level of love that you can unlock not only for God number 1, he should be number 1, but there's a whole nother level of love that you can unlock for someone else for family, for their brethren, there's a whole nother level that we haven't even reached yet. And it's because of this one of these things, but here's the main thing we want to look at. I think we can't reach that level because we haven't taken the time to understand God's heart. 
So that's that's kind of where we're going today. I just want to understand your heart. That's all. I want to understand your heart. Now, as we start this, we're actually going to look at Hosea chapter 11. So if you're if you're driving, if you're working out, if you're walking, that's kind of our text where we're going from today. Um, but if you're sitting at the table, check this out for yourself because this is this is crazy. And the imagery here is everywhere throughout the Old Testament. But I, I wanted to hone in on this example in Hosea chapter 11. Now, here's what's interesting about this before we dive into our text and we kind of conversate a little bit more between you and I. Here's what's interesting. When you take the time, which is, this is crazy, when you take the time to understand somebody's heart, today, a lot of times, your best is highlighted and your best is always what you put forward. So people either online or individually, as you just talk with them, they just see you at your best, right? So they see the good, which is which is great. I mean, you have good things, right? You have great qualities. I'm sure you do, right? And I'm sure those are things that you want to be presented in front of other people. But here's, here's the part that's hard, and I think here's why we don't understand the heart of other people correctly because God loved us at our worst and God loved me at my worst. But essentially we've put pressure on people today. You have to love me at my best. And if you see my worst, then you might not love me if you see my worst. So then we get mad at folks when they see a little bit of our worse and then they kind of step back a little bit. Well, see, look, I told you, you couldn't, you wouldn't love me. Here's what's interesting about this. God loved us at our absolute worst, but the difference between how God loves and man and man's love is different. God did not hold our worst over us. We hold our worst over each other. That's why we can never really unlock loving someone else and loving God correctly because we I don't know that we know how to love somebody at their worst and I want you to this is a quick exercise and I want you to be completely honest with just you and yourself right now so so look at where you are currently and I just want you to take a quick journey obviously we all haven't been where we are right now right we've we've had help along the way but I want you to think about this. There was a point in time where you were at your worst and and you know what your rock bottom was, right? You know what that is. When you look back at your rock bottom, in all honesty, outside of outside of your own physical family, who were the people that were there? Who was the ones that were showing concern when no one else what was who was the ones that were that were caring and checking up and making sure everything was good who you know who those people are so here's the thing but what tends to happen is we'll say well look see i loved you at your worst so therefore since i loved you at your worst then now you got to do all this for me because i was there for you you see it's always it's always a level of of push and pull 
tug of rope, give and take based off of the circumstances. But here in, in Hosea chapter 11, we're going to see God's love for Israel and we're going to see Israel at their worst. And we're going to see how God continued to love them even at their worst. And it's a different level, guys, when you see when you see somebody's deficiency, when you see what someone is. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Week at. When you see where someone is struggling, where you see where someone deals with something, sometimes we take those things and even in our minds, well, there's no way I could, I could love them. There's no way I could because they're deficient. But we never really look at ourselves and see how deficient we are, do we? Notice what's happening here, verse 11, or chapter 11, verse 1. So what's going to happen is God is going to personify Israel here as his son, okay? So watch this. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, remember they were in captivity, out of Egypt, I called my son. As they called them, so they went from them. I called them out of here. I wanted them out of Egypt. But what did they do? They sacrificed to Baal. And they burned incense to carved images. So imagine imagine God 100% loving his people. Because remember, what does the text say in Exodus? The people were calling out to God. And God said, I've called you. And now he brings them out from Egypt into the wilderness. And now what's the first thing that they do? Then they complain and then they say, well, God, you don't love us. You don't love us. I think it's it's an important thing. And if we're going to point this out, right, like we like to do, here's the first thing that I'm seeing. The continuous care of God. The continuous care of God. Here's what's super interesting, guys, as, as we keep looking at this more. As God continues to care for his people, his people continuously hurt him over and over and over again. When God takes the time to love somebody, God loves all of them. God loves all of them. So he sees this deficiency as bright as the sun. But God still said, I called them, and I love them. That's a different level of love that I don't know if I've unlocked yet. Because the reason why I don't think we've unlocked that level of love is because we don't look at love from God's heart's perspective. God could love me at my worst. Anybody could love me at my best. But God loved me at my worst. And so now notice what he does, verse 3. I taught Ephraim to walk. So as they're coming out of the wilderness, obviously Moses is leading them, but he's saying, look, I taught them how to walk. I taught you ever you ever next to a child when they're learning how to walk and they're all wobbly 
right? And they've got their hands kind of like an airplane. <laughs> they, they don't know what they're doing. They're trying to keep their balance. But as you're learning how to walk, how many times does that child fall? Over and over and over and over and over again. But what do you keep doing as a parent? Come on, you got it. You're so close. Come on, you're so close. And when they finally run into your arms, you celebrate because you understand how hard it is to walk. That's how much God continuously loved his people. God took the time to love Israel's heart. Now, what we'll do, we'll get on Israel pretty hard, which, again, it's justified because of the actions that they've done all throughout the Old Testament. But God looked at it differently. God obviously was angry. God was obviously hot. God was obviously jealous, specifically in this book, too. You can see that, right? Chapters 1, 2, and 3. You can see that. But what God did, God took the time to understand their hearts. But do we take the time to understand the heart of our God? God's heart, Isaiah 53, God knows what it feels like to be completely rejected, to be completely despised, to not even be accepted of your own, John chapter 1. So he gets that, but does that ever stop him from loving us? But when you're seeing somebody or when you're talking to somebody or when the brethren do something or when family members do something and they do one wrong thing or they do something you don't want them to do or they say something you don't want them to say or maybe you didn't even communicate with them the thing that you thought was wrong or hurt you. So then we throw them to the side. Well, look, can't do it because you're not perfect in my eyes anymore. You're not this angel in my eyes anymore. I see your deficiency glaring in you now. So I can't be next to your deficiency for that long. So I'm not going to take the time to truly understand your heart. You see how selfish love has become today? Love has become all about, I need you to praise my perfections so that you and myself can forget about my imperfections. That's not love. It's not love at all. What it is, is we're playing a game. That's what we're playing. We're playing a game. And we're playing a game and we're trying to get one person to love and another person, but we're not doing it the way that God does this. So isn't it interesting all throughout the Old Testament that God always personifies his love for Israel as a marriage? I'm married to Israel. And isn't it interesting later on when Jesus shows up that Jesus is married to the church? And then later on, we are his bride. So we're married to him. The marriage things and love is all in here. The pictures are everywhere. But love has become so selfish that I can't show you my deficiencies. You can't show me your deficiencies. And then we deem that as, well, you're weak. You're weak. Even on the male side, too. No, you're weak. You, you struggle. You're not, you're not as perfect as I thought you were. You see what I'm saying? So God is, God is loving Israel right now at their worst. He said, I'm teaching you how to walk, verse 3. But watch what he says. I taught them how to walk. And then he says, I took them by the arm. Right? You're holding them the whole way. They're falling. Sometimes they're dragging their feet because they don't want to walk like a child, but you're still there. You're still there. 
you know one thing as we as we keep going through this here's the second thing that i'm seeing is god's consistency do you know what love is and again i'm not coming from a perfect mindset of i've always done this i've always got it right this is what you should be doing i'm learning with you in real time right now in real time <laughs> i'm learning with you right now love is consistent so israel hurt god multiple times all throughout the old testament but did god's love for israel ever change so our love for one another remember even in even in john 13 14 and 15 Jesus talks about this is my commandment that you love one another. So does love always have to be perfect? But what we'll do is we'll we'll keep records of wrongs. Well, you didn't text me then, you didn't do this then, you didn't do this then, so therefore I won't do this cuz you didn't do this. It's always a give and take. Have you noticed that? Have you felt that but maybe not even expressed that? It's literally always a game. It's give and take. Well, you didn't say nothing first, so then I won't say nothing first. Well, you don't want to talk. Well, I'll wait till you want to say something. It's always a game. Aren't y'all tired of that? To be to be real, aren't you tired of that? It's not like it's not even fun. <laughs> you know, like it's not, it's it's unreal what we're doing. But when but when you look at this, God's love is consistent, right? Remember 1 Corinthians 13? Love bears all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things, right? Doesn't keep records of wrongs. So if anybody could have kept a record of somebody's wrong, it was God. You remember when I, think about all the times God could have said, remember that one time? Remember that too? Remember that? Remember that? Remember that? But notice what he's doing. The consistency of God is found in that one verse in verse 3. I continuously taught them how to walk, and as they're learning how to walk, I'm with them, and I'm holding the, I'm holding their arms. But watch what Israel does. And they didn't even know that I was the one that healed them. <laughs> this is great. Here's what, here's what else love is, guys. Sometimes love is concealed. Meaning this, do I have to go around and tell everybody and their mom the things that I did for you? Well, no one was there for you. And remember, I was there and did this. And remember, I did all this. And remember, I was doing all this praying. And I was doing all this crying for you. You know what love does, guys? Love never parades itself. God never had to go around and parade to other nations. Look what I'm doing to Israel. I'm loving them through all this. The love was shown, and the other nations in Israel, at times they could see it, but at times because of their hard hearts, they couldn't see it. But sometimes with love, what we want people to see, we want our partner, whoever that is, right, who we're with, our spouse, we want them to see it all, and we want everybody else to see what we're doing for them. Now, are we saying that you can't do things in public? No, we're not saying that. But we're saying in general, you don't do the act to be seen. You don't do the love things to be seen. And God never did all this to be seen. God did all this because he understood his heart. 
he understood Israel's heart. I love you. And if nobody else sees it, nobody else sees it. It's very interesting that they didn't even know. Imagine that from taking the time today, understanding God's heart. Can you imagine giving your heart to others, giving your heart to somebody, and nobody knows the sacrifices that you've given to them? Nobody knows the tears that you cry. Nobody knows the sacrifices that you made on other people's behalf. To this day, nobody knows. Only you know. And it's gotten to the point where even they forgot. Can you still love, though? You see, that type of love, that's a different level to unlock. Because are you noticing all these things about love that we're looking at? You notice none of these things are public. And all these things are serving someone else and someone else's first. Now, can you imagine, just as a side note here, can you imagine the ridiculousness of having two people with the same mindset? Come on now. That's like, that's some unreal stuff. Can you imagine that? You talk about, you talk about power couple. That's real. That's real power. The real power is in the service. It's not in what you get from them or the feeling that you get from them. Now, obviously, that happens naturally, but it's all about, man, what can I do for her? What's the, how, can I, how can I serve? How can I, how can I, how can I? You're always looking for an opportunity, and they're always looking for the same opportunity for you. But God's relationship with Israel at this point in Hosea chapter 11 is one-sided. It's one-sided. And God wanted Hosea to understand this to such a level that he said, I want you to go marry Gomer, who will start off faithful, but will do what Israel is doing to me multiple times, and I want you to understand my heart, Hosea. I want you to understand how I feel. It takes a different level of understanding, and it takes a different level of love to take the time to understand another person's heart. It's a different level. And God always takes the time. He always takes the time. Notice what he says. Verse 4, I drew them with gentle cords. So they're doing all this violent stuff to him, but notice how God, what God is doing. I drew them with gentle cords with bands of my love. And I was to them as those who take the yoke from their neck. So you ever see you ever see somebody with a weight on their back and they're carrying a lot of things and it doesn't necessarily even have to be physical, but you see people with like an emotional weight and they're holding a lot, but then that person or that family or that congregation or whoever it is, they come into that person's life and you literally see the weight being lifted off. You see their walls being torn down. So God, God gave the description. They've accounted everything that I've ever done for them to another God. But he said, what I continue to do, I drew them in with gentle arms. 
And not only with gentle arms did I draw them in, but it was almost like I took a heavy weight off of them. I continued to help them even though they didn't know it was me. You know, just as a side note here, guys, if if you're married, obviously this can 100,000% work for you. So continue to do what I'm about to say. But those that are single, do you know what you can do right now to take the yoke off of someone else's back that you may or may not even know? Did you know that you could you could literally come before this God and Hosea chapter 11 and you can pray on their behalf that you will help them, you will deliver them, that you will take yokes off of his or her back, that you will guide him or her, that you will help him or her. You know, you can do that right now through prayer. And sometimes we don't even take advantage of that. Then notice, notice what he says here. And then I stooped down and then I fed them. I stooped down and I fed them. Now you have the concern. Love is always concerned. You know, I want you to try this next time. If you're at church or maybe your little brother or little cousin, whatever it is, when they come up to you and maybe they want to give you something or maybe they want to tell you something or maybe they just want to run up to you and give you a hug. I want you to try this next time with a child. Stoop down to their level. And once you stoop down to their level, they'll notice that instead of looking up to you, they can look straight to you. And as they look straight to you, they become more engaged and their conversation is there and they can, children may not even be able to give you that language that they care, but they understand it because you came to their level. God said, I literally stooped down to Israel and I fed them. It's a different level of care and it's a different level of concern. Love is always concerned, but it is, is it always concerned with what you're getting or your timetable or what everybody else? See, here's where we get messed up. There's always something that you want from somebody and then you express that concern to somebody else, and because they know you, they gas you up and say, yeah, they should do this thing on your time. They should say this on your time. They should be there on your time. They should do this on your time. So all of this stuff is about you, but we disguise it and say it's love. Well, you're not doing it, so therefore you don't love me. You see how bogus that is when you actually just say that stuff out loud? You see how wrong that is? But because I know you, I'll just gas you up because I want everything for you. When's the last time when someone else has given you a concern like that? When's the last time you said, did you check on them? You see if you see their situation right now? Have you seen what they're dealing with right now? Have you even prayed about it right now? Well, no, but this is what I, but have you prayed on it? Well, no. So uh, again, Look at all this stuff we're learning just from one chapter here. This is like four verses right now. And we've got all these things that God is giving, and none of this is necessarily about God. All of this is God is revealing, this is everything that I gave you. I took the time 
to understand your heart. That's different. That's different. That's different. And then, then notice what he continues to say. Uh, verse 5, he shall not return to the land of Egypt, but the Assyrian will be his king because they refuse to repent. And the sword will slash his cities, devour his districts, and consume them because of their own counsel. My people are literally bent on backsliding. There's no, I will continue to do this and know your heart, but they are just continuously bent on doing this. They're bent on it. My people are bent on backsliding from me. Though they call to me the most high, none at all exalt him. Think about that for a second. None at all exalt him. But what do they always do? They always call out. They always call out to me. Verse 8. But notice how God continues to reveal his heart. So think about, let's just take a quick synopsis real quick. They sacrificed to Baal. They carved idols. They said God didn't take them out. Uh, they were they were consumed. They were backsliding. They called out to him, but they didn't really care. They didn't exalt him. All these things that Israel did, but then watch God in verse 8. How can I give you up? So this is literally a resume for you to give them up. This is literally a resume for you to give them up. How can I do that, though, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I make you like Admon? How can I set you like Zeboim? My heart, notice what he says, my heart churns or is stirred up within me. Love is compassionate. Compassion is a feeling action. You are motivated by something. God literally revealed his heart. My heart is churning. It's literally stirring up. Then he says, notice what he says continually. My sympathy is stirred up. I will not execute the fierceness of my anger. Love is controlled. There's times where someone's going to do what you don't want them to do. Maybe someone says something unintentionally. Maybe someone makes you feel a certain way and they didn't know. But what love does, love is controlled. When you have opportunity to execute fierce anger, you choose not to. Well, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can do that. God did it for you. So why not try to exercise that for others? Will we be perfect? Absolutely not. Will we go off the handle at times? Absolutely. Will we, will we say things that are wrong? Absolutely we will. But what do we need to do? Man, I should have been like God. I should have been more like God. I will not execute my anger. I will not destroy Ephraim. For I am God and I am not man. What does that imply that man does? When man gets angry, what does man have to do? Man destroys. When you get angry with others, what's the one thing you feel like you got to do? In some way, I got to destroy them. 
That's not the love of God. When you look at God's heart, right now here at where I preach, we're taking the time to look at the marriage between God and Israel, but also the marriage between Jesus and and the church. And as we look at this morning, again, I'm probably going to podcast on this this month because this is going to be on my mind because we're, we're looking at this all month. So I, I don't want to fully go into the podcast. I don't want to give it all away. But essentially, looking at Christ and looking at how Christ loved the church and how God loved Israel, the more you look at the heart of Jesus and the heart of God, it is drowned in dejection. It's drowned in rejection, and it's drowned in not being seen. But no matter what the people did to Jesus or to God, the love still reigned. And I believe that was purposeful. Because before Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 13, God wanted to give an example of himself through the Old Testament, but God also wanted to give an example of his son to show us this level of love is that powerful. It's just a matter of will you want to reach it? Because you got an example. You got an example. And so what this does, again, again, we're going to do a podcast on this, I promise. But what this does, if you're married, if you look to Christ as a man or a woman, if you look to him, Hebrews chapter 12, what it does, it, it forces you to be a servant. And it forces you to want to know that other person's heart. If you're single and you look to Christ, number one, you are married. You guys didn't know that, did you? <laughs> Singles, you're you're already married. You're married to somebody. I'm married to Jesus. You're married to Jesus. So therefore, if I'm married to him and I take the time as a single man, if I take the time to understand the heart of my Lord, to understand his rejection, to understand the despise, to understand the hurt, to understand the pain, to understand the joy, to understand his judgment, his justice, his mercy, his compassion. If I take the time to understand his heart and if I take the time to love him, don't you think that the Lord would deem me worthy to love a woman like that? You see, that changes it, singles. It changes it. So instead of trying to love God through somebody right now, love Christ fully. And therefore, by loving Christ fully, you will have the skill and you will have the ability and you will have the compassion to know what it feels like to love somebody's heart but also you will know what it feels like for somebody, a.k.a. Jesus, to love you at your worst. 
so you have the best of both to love somebody else. But today what we'll do is we get so desperate that we just want somebody here to be like everybody else so we can post something on Facebook and Instagram and everybody can say they're so happy for us in the comments. Now, is anything necessarily wrong with that? No, but sometimes that's the goal for some people. It's not my goal. (laughs) I'm just going to be real. It's not my goal. My goal now by studying scripture more and looking at this more, my goal is to know this person's heart. That's the goal. Whether anybody knows about it or not, that's the goal. You can have that other stuff. That's fine. And I'm not saying that that stuff won't happen, but that's not my priority. My priority is this. If I'm married to Christ and if I understand his heart, how much more will I be able to help someone else? It's it's ridiculous. I, I just literally scratched the surface of what we're covering this month, but... I promise you we're going to podcast on some of this stuff because this stuff has changed a lot for me, right? It's changed a lot. So take the time to understand God's heart. The benefits and the dividends in this is ridiculous for you, but for what you can give. So, man, I really hope that that can encourage you and and help you. Maybe you can share this with someone else as we grow and as we develop and as we get better. And as we just continue to serve and know him more, that's always the goal, just to know him more, to have that intimate spiritual marriage and relationship with Christ. And if that is so intimate between us, how much more will both of our hearts be ready for someone else? It's exciting. (laughs) It's exciting. So uh, hopefully that can encourage you again. More of this is coming as we continue to go through this this month. And we'll get there when we get there. But I'm, I'm excited to keep going through that with you guys and hopefully help you. So, Lord willing, we'll be back with another podcast on Monday. Thanks, guys.